Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. First of all, just a couple of things here before we dive into the Life Edit Part 3 today. Hey, can we just thank Josiah last week for stepping in? I know Derek already talked about him. I, I remember calling him on Friday when uh, my daughter came back with a positive test and I said, we're supposed to, I'm so sick of COVID and I'm going, we're supposed to quarantine and not be here. And, and uh, I said, are you willing to step in? And he's like, yeah. And he's the first person um, that I asked. And so uh, Derek had just got back with family and had some other stuff going on. And so we asked Josiah to step in and he just willingly uh, accepted and, and stepped in. And so just did a fantastic thing. I was watching along with you at home. And so that was awesome to, to just have that as a ministry as well. So kudos. And then what was really cool is just to hear him pray at the end. And so many people last week and every week, every week in the last month and a half, we've had people make commitments to Christ every single Sunday. Come on, man. That's what it's about. So love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so here's what I want to ask you today. I want to ask your permission because today's message that I have for you that I was going to share with you last week, so I've had a lot of time to just kind of like marinate, you know, let it marinate. This is more of a crockpot message than an Instapot message, okay? And so I have gone over this a few times, and here's the deal. This could be probably the least motivational message I will ever share with you. <laughs> Aren't you excited? But here's what I want. If you take to heart what I'm about to share in the next 25-30 minutes, if you take the challenge that I'm about to give you, it will change your life for the better. How do I know this? Because it's changed mine. And so I want you to be challenged this morning. Allow yourself to enter this with an open heart, an open mind, whether you're here, whether you're listening online or on, uh, on iTunes, wherever you're at this morning. Because what I want you to see is what God can do in and through you through his word this morning. So here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to get everybody on the same page this morning because uh, out of a round of applause, how many of you did not grow up church? How many didn't grow up church? Okay, like three of us, all right? How many grew up in a Lutheran church? Go ahead. Okay, how about Catholic church? Okay, how about, how about a charismatic church or Pentecostal church? All right. You guys should be the loudest clappers in here, by the way, okay? All right. How many of you go, I don't know what kind of church I grew up in, but I grew up in a church? Thank you for being, okay. How many went to youth group growing up? All right. A lot of us, okay. So here's the deal. We're all at different places. We are, I know we're an Assembly of God church. We don't talk about that a lot because honestly, that doesn't matter as much as us being Christ followers and being disciples of Him. And so today, be challenged. Allow Him to meet you where you're at, okay? We're all at different levels of our faith journey. Okay? Every single one of us in here is at some different place. Some of us in here are doubters and skeptics. You're my people. I love you because that's what I was for so long. And so today, I'm really talking to you. So if you're a doubter and you're a skeptic, I need you right now. I've been praying for you the last two weeks. I want you to open your heart and open your spirit to receive what God has for you today because it'll be life-changing. Now, if you're one of those veteran Christians and you've been for a long time, you are by far the toughest audience in this audience. Okay? Because you know it all. So here's what I'm asking you today. 
Well, you should know more, all right? Because you have been a veteran Christian for a long time. Here's what I want you to do today. Is allow God to take your faith journey to a new place, all right? So if, if you came in here and, and your attitude and your, where you're at in your faith journey is at a zero, my prayer is that today it would leave at least a one. If you came in here and you're like, my, man, my faith journey is at like a 10, it's super high, it's super good. Well, I pray it goes to an 11 today. So wherever you're at, let's all realize that we're at different places in our faith journey. And before we leave here today, my prayer is for you for that to increase in some capacity. If you're with me, say yeah. Yeah. Alright, so to make the proper life edit, we have to have a proper life foundation. You know, I love this story. It's a story of this this kid, and he goes away to college. And and how many in here have college kids? Anyone have college kids? I have one. And, And how many know the soon as you send them to college, they become really needy? I want, I need food, I need money. Well, this college kid, he asked his mom and dad, he said, Mom and dad, I really need money. And mom and dad had a reply that was just like the worst reply that any parent could say. Parents said to their kids, said, just read your Bible. Thanks, thanks, mom. Yeah, I'll just read, you know, like God's going to provide. They said, just read your Bible. In fact, they would cite chapter and verse in the Bible to read. And so he, he would, you know, mail back and said, hey, mom and dad, I'm reading my Bible, but God's still not providing. And they're like, here's more chapter and verses to read. And, and you probably already figured this out. What mom and dad would do is they would stuff tens and twenties in his Bible for him to read. And so they knew he wasn't reading it. I'm like, I love that story. So my kids, pastor kids, man, make sure you're reading your Bible. I don't have any money in yours at all. Um, but I do pay them for every sermon illustration I use with them. I give them $5 anytime their, their name is mentioned on stage. So now they want it before they didn't. Let me give you a couple quotes this morning, alright? These are made by famous people, and before I put who said it, let's just guess and see if you know who said it. Here it is, first one. It is impossible to righteously govern the world without God in the Bible. Not righteous, just means doing it in right standing, okay? Doing it with integrity, the right way. Who, knew, who knows who said this quote? Anybody? Any, just shout it out. Anybody? Like, shout it loud. Don't be afraid. Billy Graham. Billy Graham? All right, who said this? Go ahead. George Washington. Nice. You were were on it. Founding father, George Washington. Okay, two more. Here you go. Okay. All right, and then I have a test for you. Oh. All right. Within the covers of one single book, the Bible, are all the answers to all the problems that face us today. If only we would read and believe. Any guesses? Abe Trump. Anybody else? George Washington again. Who was it? Ronald Reagan. All right. All right. All right. Here's the last one. A thorough knowledge of the Bible. Thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Wow. That's quite the claim statement. Any guesses? I see a lot of similar. Did somebody just say Fauci? I'm not, I'm not even going to touch that. I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> who said that? I want to, all right, you meet me after service. Okay. All right, who, who was it? Here you go. It was none other than Theodore Roosevelt. All right. So how many know this foundation has been around a long time? Talking about the Bible as a foundation, you know? I like big Bibles and I cannot lie. And, and so here's what I want to do. We're going to get all on the same page. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. And here's what it is. I'm literally going to give you a Bible quiz right now. But I want you to be afraid. But here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to be okay if you don't know the answers to any of these. But if you do know the answers, I want you to shout them out. But when somebody shouts it out next to you, and I'll tell you if it's right or not, okay? If somebody shouts it out, I don't want you to feel like, well, great, I don't know it. Because we're all at a different place in our faith journey. We're all at a different place with the Word of God. And so what, to, what I want to do today is I want to, you know, get you a little thirsty for the Word of God. You know, how many have heard the old expression, you can lead a horse to water, but you... Right, but it's my job and my goal today as a pastor to make you really, really, really thirsty. Okay? Alright, here we go. A little Bible quiz time. Alright, so if you know it, shout it out. Alright? What is the greatest commandment? Love God, love people. Yep, love, love God with all your heart, mind, soul. Love your neighbors, yourself. What is the great commission? If you know it, shout it out. Go, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yep, I heard a few people. Like, seriously, sh- don't be afraid. Like, like don't, don't be like, I think I know it. Like, I don't care if you have a wrong answer right now. We're going to get right answers. Okay, so just shout it. Make a guess. What are two things Moses is known for, and it's not the ark? Stuttering. Stuttering. That's true. Burning bush. Burning bush. Great, there's two. Awesome. All right. What are two things Jesus said during the crucifixion? It is finished. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Yes, good job. Who wrote more books in the New Testament than anyone else? Paul. Paul, yes. Who talked about Saul becoming Paul last week? Josiah did. He did a great job with that. All right. What is one of your favorite verses you have memorized in John 3.60? Does it count? What's one of your favorite favorite verses? I love it. I love it. It's, man, it's like it's like people speaking in tongues right now. It's awesome. All right, here's here's the deal. For me, it's Hebrews three thirteen. Okay, I love it. it. Says, but encourage each other while it's called today, so that your hearts are not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It's my favorite verse in the entire Bible. I love it. Meditate. Other than Je- here's the last one. Last one. Other than Genesis, the book of Genesis or the book of Revelation, name one book and give a complete summary on it. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Just shout it out. What's your favorite book? Matthew. Song. Psalms. Did somebody say Song of Songs? All right. That's, hey, you probably have a great marriage. Um, and if you don't get that joke, you're going to want to read the Bible to figure out why. See me after church. Um, how'd you do? No condemnation here this morning. How'd you do? You see, one of the coolest parts that I get to do a lot of times outside of being on stage is talking to people and seeing where they're at with the Bible. And i got to tell you, a lot of times the Bible is so scary to people. Some of us even in here, it's really scary or we don't even know where to start. We don't even know where to go. And that's probably more of us in here than you realized. I don't know if you noticed, but not all of us were shouting because we're going, okay, I'm not sure yet. And that's a good place to be because what it means is we're like a sponge that needs to be filled so that we can squeeze out. You know, when, when I was doing... Um, Bible studies, uh, deep Bible study. Now Dick, one of our elders, leads that. When I was leading that, I remember at the beginning, I had some people come into that Bible study, and they opened up their Bible, and there was red letters in their Bible, and they said, Pastor Chris, what do these red letters mean? And I loved that, because it's Jesus' words, but they weren't afraid to ask what they didn't know. Here's what I want to say. Do you realize that God knows your doubts? He knows where you're skeptical at. He knows what you need. He knows everything about you. He knows if you're intimidated to read the Word. And I just want to say that you're in a really good place for that. And so just receive what it is that God has for you today. Again, this is not going to be motivational. This is going to be a lot of information. So you have to buckle up and hold on, okay? Because there's a lot coming your way. 
what I want to do on this Life Edit Part 3 today. Yesterday we talked about our train of thought. Today I want to talk about training our foundation and what that looks like. I want to look at some objections or answer questions I think some of us are asking, and if you're not, somebody else is, because we've all maybe even thought these things from time to time. And so I want to unpack really what it is about the Word of God that's so important. Why do we need it? Why, why, why do we make that our foundation as Christ followers? What, is, it, is it real? Is it not real? Like, where, where is this at? And so I really want to unpack this this morning, because I believe this is going to help people where you're at. So it's not going to be like, well, I'm fired up. But again, I hope it makes you thirsty a little bit. So here's the first one. What if, what if the Bible is not really inspired by God? Well, I can tell you from my life, that would really suck. Because that means everything I do is a complete lie. Given my life to ministry, we've raised our kids in the church. We we teach them the ways of the of the Bible. Our foundation, even for our marriage, when when we're arguing, I go to the Word. I, I'll look in the Bible at, at what it you know what it is. What is God speaking to me? I'll be there. In, in other words, though, you know, what if the Bible's not really inspired by God? Another way to say that is. How do we know? What what if it's not true? Pastor Chris, how do you know the Bible's true? I hear that question all the time. And and sometimes we get really foggy answers from pastors. It drives me nuts. Well, it's just got to have faith. Thanks, bro. What, how do we, and I'm not here today to have an apologetic debate and, and lean into every scripture and prove to you over history. I mean, that would take us like the next 10 weeks. I could do it. But here's the deal. In the Bible, there's one interesting verse, and it's found in 2 Timothy 3.16. Again, Paul wrote this to Pastor Timothy. He said, all scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, here's what's really interesting about this verse. If you're a skeptic here today, like I was, when I read this verse, instantly what I do is I go, well, the Bible's just making a claim about itself. So, how do I know that this verse here is true? I mean, that's quite the claim statement, isn't it? I mean, that's like me saying I'm the best husband there is. I I am, but that's... This is a claim statement. Either, Either it's simply the truth, or the Bible is the greatest conspiracy that has ever been concocted in modern day history. Here it is, though. First, just a couple thoughts. One, I just want to talk about experience. Okay? With a biblical foundation, when you experience God, like when I became a Christian at the age of 17, nobody can take that away from you. So there is an experience part, and that is a part of this. But today I want to talk strictly about the foundation of the Word. So first, God breathed into many authors in the Bible. In fact, we have 66 books in our Bible. 67 if you include maps. Some, some of you get that. And, and what he did, though, that I love is he used their emotions. God used their imagination to paint a picture for them to write through the power and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to give us different takes, especially like the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, known as the Gospels. What God gave us is different stories of Christ. They're all the same stories, but they're told from different perspectives. I love that because you're not just banking on one dude having this truth about God. you got 66 different books with many different authors, many different stories, and the cool part is they all come together. And so know that, you know, because sometimes I hear people that haven't read the Bible, they say, well, it's just some book of, of rules and regulations that we're supposed to follow so that the world gets along. It's not quite true. 
It's a history of who God is for you and me. Second is that all scripture is still God breathed. Both the the New Testament, the Old Testament. There's no time frame on that. God is still speaking. The Bible is the only book that's actually engaging actively and alive at the same time, all the time, continuously, beyond and outside of time. And if you're not familiar with that, give it a chance. We're going to talk about what that looks like. For skeptics, for those of you in here that are skeptics, one of the things that really helps me is I'm I'm not a big historical nerd, but I am biblically. And I love to go back and and I'll read something in the Bible. And what's really cool today is you have this thing that we didn't have 20 years ago called Google. And you can Google so much history, biblical history of each story. How many ever saw Indiana Jones and what's the one called when they go and he gets the Holy Grail? Is that, what's that one called? Last Crusade? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? How many remember that part where they go in and his dad's dying, Sean Connery, and they got to find the, the, the right cup? Do you remember that part? Come on, who's seen Indiana Jones? Anybody? All right, if you, if you, dude, take your kids and go see Indiana Jones. All right, come on. That's history. But in this, they're, they're in Persia. They're in here. Steven Spielberg history. They're, they're in here. And they actually show a part that's actually written about in the Bible over and over and over again. The book of Esther takes part in Persia. If you've seen that place where they go into, they show the outside of it. They're all on the camels and you know, there's a bunch of green screen stuff that happens too. But right there, that's actually biblical. It's in one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's called Obadiah. It's in the Old Testament. And it's about uh, Esau's descendants. It's a group called the Edomites, which I'm not going to get into. But you can actually literally see the history in that book in the movie Indiana Jones. So when people come to me and say, well, the Bible's not real, then you're literally telling me that history isn't either. Now, just to make a quick claim statement, I'm not saying our history is perfect in, in the world, but we need to look at the context of our history to make sense of what the Bible says during their time. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. All right. So... For skeptics, what I want to recommend to you is there's this thing called the Archaeology Bible. It's phenomenal because it goes through every part, different archaeological evidences that we have that you can literally see, that you can go and you can, you can, you know, thumb in there and it gives websites and different things that you can look at. It's phenomenal. Or there's one called the Cultural Bible Study that paints a picture of what was happening historically in that culture. I love it. All right. So here's the other part. The Bible, okay, for those of you that are skeptics and for everybody, it's the only book whose author is always present when you read it. Think about that for a moment. And I don't know how many C.S. Lewis fans are, but C.S. Lewis is no longer with us. I'm sorry, he's not. He's complete. His life is complete. Jesus lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. We get the Bible that's active. It's living. It's engaging. It's constant. It's changing us all the time. And so God is present when you read it. If you allow it, it will change your life. See, the Bible, it's God's word given in man's language. Think about this. God, all creative, all huge, all knowing, all powerful, outside of our time element, is trying to communicate with us. That's no, that, that's really tough. I mean, think about that. This is God. And so God's going, we're, we're finite, he's infinite, and so he uses scripture through people communicate to you and I. And so if it's the greatest conspiracy ever, then don't waste your time on it. But if it's truth, then why would we not want to get to know the author of all time? That's where I'm at. That's where I've chosen. And I'm not here to force anything down your throat, but I want to make you thirsty this morning to check. You see, when you start knowing the Bible, you don't just get to know the Bible, you get to know its author. Not the, not the people that scribed it, 
but God who inspired them to write it. You get to know the author. I I hear all the time people going, I just want to hear God's voice. I just want to hear God's voice. And I say, start with a verse. I can't hear God's voice. Well, what's the last verse you read? Sometimes we want a voice and we just need a verse. The Bible, I believe, is truth. It's the foundation that I believe for all of us. If it's really true, then I want to study it. I want to memorize it. I want to meditate on it. I want to wake up and that be the first thing I look at every single morning. Because that needs to be my foundation for my life. Whether I'm a pastor or not, it doesn't matter. God loves me either way. He doesn't care. I'm a child of Him. Why? Because that's the foundation He's laid and so are you. Number two. Everybody said number two. Number two. Ready for this? What if I don't like reading? Come on. Where are you at? Oh, you know who you are. I know who you are too. That's 90% of this room, alright? I hate reading. I don't like reading. Can I give you a secret? I don't like reading that much either. Okay, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to read all this stuff. I, I read a lot. I'm not like, oh, yay, it's my day off. I'm going to go read. Now, my wife does that. She's crazy, but I don't, okay? I go hike a mountain or something or fish. She reads a book. For me, though, when I was in sixth grade, I actually had a reading learning disability. I could not read. In fact, they put me in one of those special reading classes. I hated it because I felt like I wasn't good enough. During sixth grade, I had to pass, I had to get a 75% on, I called it Satan's test. It was an Iowa basics test. Anybody remember those back in the day? Created from the devil himself. And so, I, I, I think those are called MCAs today, I don't know. But I, I had to go in and I had to take this test. And I remember, some, some, who just had like their, hot, their blood pressure just raised? Bringing that up. Yeah, alright. So, do you remember this part on the Iowa Basics test where you had to read it and then you had to comp- comprehend it and then answer questions? How many hated that part as much as I did? Yes! Oh my gosh, I couldn't stand I, Like right now, I just, I want to sit down even thinking about it. I had to get a 75 to get moved in to the real reading class for my age level and I got a 74. I missed it by one point. I went to my teacher. I talked because of her. She said, I see in you that you have a desire. And she bumped me up from that moment on. It wasn't that I started liking reading. In fact, I, I skimmed through books in school. I didn't read them all. I would kind of skim through and I did enough just to make it and pass. And, and you might judge me right now, but 100% of you have done that too. Um, first book I ever read. First book I ever read the whole thing. You ready for it? Back to the Future 2. Not even kidding. All right. <laughs> After that, man, I loved reading. But there's no book greater than that other than the Bible. So it was like, all right, it's over. Okay? Here's the deal. If you don't like reading, that's not even a good excuse anymore because here's why. You have so many different versions. You have the Version audio app. I talked about the Version app on Easter. It's free. It's put up by LifeChurch.tv. It's phenomenal. There's no cost. They give it away to many, almost every country around the world. And you can literally go in there to a translation you like and listen to the Bible completely for free. You know what else they have? You're, they have the Bible experience. Okay? You can download this and listen to this on YouTube. It's incredible. The Bible comes alive. But the best one, if you're not a reader and you want to listen to it, in fact, just to, just to make you feel a little bit better if you don't like reading, guess what they did in the early church? Did they all have a Bible copy and read it? No. 
There wasn't a printing press yet. So what would they do? They would come together and they would listen to somebody share scripture and they would tell it orally. They would share it. And so there's something really powerful. That's why we come together on a Sunday morning to hear the word of God because it challenges our faith. And so sometimes I actually think listening to the word of God is sometimes even more powerful than reading the word of God. So do both. But the best one is James Earl Jones reads the Bible. That's Darth Vader reading the Bible. Come on, man. I mean, that is, if you have that in our culture today. Okay? Jesus is probably coming back two weeks later because of that. But we have that today. So good news. Good news, church. We've got that. Okay? You also have a place where you can start small. If you don't like reading a lot, that's okay. Start small. The YouVersion app, you can sign up for a verse a day. It shares a verse a day. Some of you in the church do it because I go on your Facebook, your Instagram, and I see you copy that verse and you put it there. Sometimes I do that. Or you can go to BibleGateway.com. If you're with me, say yeah. Yeah. All right. Number three. What if I don't know which translation is best? Now, how many, of course, your time in your life, somebody has told you which translation is the best? How, how many of you, by round of applause, were told King James Version was the best? All right. Now, how many were didn't want to clap because you didn't like that? They told you that. No. All right. King James Version, we had a church by our house growing up, or not growing up, when we first got married, they had one of those marquee signs outside, and it said on there, King James Version is the only version or you will burn in hell. That church is no longer there. Um, But here's the deal. There are different translations for different purposes, and I'm going to give you something. I need you to stay with me. It's going to get deep for a moment, okay? So buckle up literally and hold on very, very tight. Now, I'm going to go over this in just a moment, okay? I'm going to put up, go ahead, you can put it up there, craziest looking. Now, don't, don't try to memorize this. Don't even worry about what this is. I have this for you at the end of service today. Everybody can take one of these home with them, okay? Take one. The ushers are going to hand them out at the door. It's the first time I've given out a handout in like 10 years of our church. Take one because it's going to help you, but I want to unpack what this is, okay? You have three different types of translations, okay? On the left here, you have what's known as literal. Your literal translation. So literally, they take the Greek, the Hebrew, and the Aramaic, and they do it verse by verse by verse. In other words, word by word by word by word. So sometimes you're like, I don't even know what they said, but they're translating it word for word. That's your King James Version, your uh, ESV Version, that's your English Standard Version, your NASB, New American Standard, okay? Then you have in the middle, dynamic, alright? This is where I tend to lean, is in the middle here on dynamic. It's more moderate in my opinion, and it's a priority to what the text means. So they take the cultural relevance, the historical context, the words that are in there, the translate, they, they, they take it all and they go, what can we do so it becomes thought for thought? What is the thought of the author trying to convey? And so that's what the dynamic version is. Okay? So you've got word for word, thought for thought, or dynamic. So literal. Remember literal in the middle is dynamic. Alright? And then on the right, you have what? Paraphrase. Okay? Paraphrase. So two examples of paraphrase would be the living Bible or the message Bible. And and I'm hesitant to call the message a Bible um, because it's so paraphrased. And I'm going to show you what that looks like. But what the paraphrase does is it focuses on simplicity. It focuses on, on that over than precision to get the point across. And so sometimes it's okay to start here. But don't finish here. Okay? It's okay to start here. So these are many different translations. It has all these. All of these are on the YouVersion app or BibleGateway.com. 
Facebook.com, you can find them. If you find a version or a church or a place that says you can only listen to this one version or translation of the Bible, will you do me a huge favor? Run! Run. Okay? Because there's no perfect translation other than when we go back to the earliest manuscripts that we have. But we've done our best to convey God's word. And how cool is it in today's world that we have this, that we can give out not only in English but other languages. So let's just show an example here quick. This morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you Matthew chapter 8 verse 20. And I've got it three different ways. Go ahead and put it up. Alright, so here we go. Look at the top. King James Version. And, and Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Okay, now we can probably figure out what that's trying to say through the Old English, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, and then you have Matthew. So, so that's your that's your word for word or your literal. King James Version. Middle one is NIV. Is this okay? Is this good? Is this okay? You good? I know it's more informative today. Alright. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's Matthew 8 20, NIV. I love the NIV, it makes more sense. Now, message, look at how different this is. Jesus was Kurt. I thought his name was Jesus. Sorry, bad joke. Are you, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. <laughs> Paraphrased, Okay. It's a lot different than what the text really says. So you won't see me use the message version very often, on occasion. There's actually, uh, for those of you that know me in my before Christ days, I, it was, I was talking to somebody this morning, I was a roller skater listening to hip-hop. There's actually a hip-hop version of the Bible now, okay? So you can get that, and if you look up, just Google sometime Matthew 8.20 in the hip-hop version. It's, it's hilarious. You can rap it, I guess. But I have that handout that I want to give to you on your way out. Find the best translation for you. Don't let it intimidate you. Now, here's the last one that I want to talk about. What if I've already read the Bible? What if you're the veteran Christian? And again, you're the toughest audience for any preacher, okay? It's kind of like this. How, how many have, like, a favorite movie that you watch over and over until your spouse and your kids are sick of watching Back to the Future? <laughs> But how many times, do, when you watch it, you see something new that you didn't see before? Okay, I literally watched Back to the Future probably a hundred times. Li- literally a hundred times. I can recite almost every, every ounce of that movie. And then you get to this, this was like my hundred and first time watching it. And I noticed something I'd never noticed before. Go ahead and put that picture up. Okay, this is Marty before he goes. Twin... Twin Pines Mall. Okay, look. He, he destroyed the guy's pine trees. You remember that part, right? Okay. And so here it is. He comes back. He had one pine tree remaining. Guess what they called it? Lone Pine Mall. I ne- 101 times and I never saw that before. I was like, what is wrong with me? I, I had to confess my sin to people. I mean, it was, it was bad that I didn't see that. How many have seen that before? You, have you seen that? Uh, this is like revelatory, isn't it? I mean, this is so good. All right. That's a movie, a fictional movie. How much more the God of our universe wants to speak and is alive. And you as the veteran Christian, maybe you've read it before, but you know every time you go back to it, every time you open it up, every time you take a risk on the word, God reveals something new to you. Think about it like this. In the book of Revelation, 
in chapter 3, it says that they would bow down. The elders in heaven would bow down and they would worship Jesus. And they would say, holy, holy, holy is you, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And it said they never stopped saying that. And can I just say this? That sounds like the most boring eternity ever. You just sit up there and go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Why in the world would the elders say that over and over and over? And the only reason I can come up with is because every single time they do, God just reveals a little bit more about himself to them. Every single time through the entire history of eternity. And we're worried about fishing and what kind of pizza they got in heaven. How much more does God want to reveal in His character to us right now through His Word? Start somewhere. Once you figure out your translation, then figure out your type, okay? Alright? It's like dating, alright? Figure out your type. What's your type? Okay? Figure out your translation, and I've got the handout for you. But then is it a study Bible? Maybe you've read through it before. Maybe, maybe try it differently. Try reading through an interlinear Bible. I like an interlinear. It's my favorite version of the Bible. I don't give that to you often because it's Hebrew and Greek and it reads backwards. I love it. I enjoy it. But the Hebrew reads backwards anyway. The archaeological Bible. It's great. Or the cultural study Bible. It's great. Mentioned those already. Or there's categories. There's a men's Bible. Guess what it's about? Not women, men. There's a women's Bible. Okay? It's about women. There's a marriage Bible. It's about marriage. There's a student Bible. It's, there's so many good things. Don't get intimidated. You have the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. That's one of my first Bibles. It references Scripture throughout all the different books. And it shows you where different themes are in the Word of God. It's phenomenal. There's Bible through in a year. You can get that on paperback. You can get that on version, BibleGateway.com. There's chronological Bibles. Yes, I hate to break it to you. Most Bibles are not written chronologically. They're written thematically. And if that drives you nuts like it does a lot of people in our culture today, you can get the chronological Bible. You can read through. Maybe you've never done that before. Start somewhere. Okay? Start somewhere. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't, don't be intimidated. You know, people say the word Bible and they're, they're they freaked out. Allow it to speak to you. Don't be ashamed. Let, here we go. Just a couple last thoughts. I got two minutes, so I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff here, okay? Because I'm going over and I got two minutes left. I want to give this to you. If you're with me, say yeah. yeah. You're ready to take it quick, say yeah. yeah. I'm going to give this to you super quick, okay? All right, here we go. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And we also thank God continually because when we received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is. Not the word of men, but the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. You see, when we don't believe, it's not at work in us yet. When we do believe... It continues to work in us over and over. When you read and you study the Bible, you know what happens? It studies you back. For those that have gone through the Bible, maybe it's time for the Bible to go through you. Okay? Alright, some final thoughts. Here we go. Okay? Final thoughts. I'm going to put them on the screen. Reading the Bible is not about how much you learn. It's about how much you live. Alright? Okay? Hebrews 4.12 For the Word of God is alive and what? Alive and active. Sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Second, through the lens of the Bible, God takes your broken pieces and He transforms them into something amazing. He takes your brokenness and He transforms it. Psalm 143.3 He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. 
Last thought, here it is. When you fill your mind with God's word, you will have no room for Satan's lies. Start somewhere. Don't be afraid. I was for so long. Scared the crud out of me, man. It was reading. I had to jump. I didn't know anything about it. Start somewhere. And if you're going, where do I start at? Get a translation. And then I recommend starting the book of Mark. I like the book of Mark because it's concise. If you like things more thorough, go to Luke. Okay? If you like, if you're more into lovey-dovey, start in John. Alright? If you just want like concise but things kind of spelled out for you, start in Matthew. If you're going, I want the history and the stories and the studies, start in Genesis or First and Second Samuel. Don't be afraid to ask. Nothing would delight me more this week than my phone to light up and you'd be like, hey, where do I start? Help me. I've never done this before. I'm getting started. Can you, can you help me, Pastor? I would love that. Like, like I, I, I want that this week for you. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They listen to his voice. His voice comes out in those verses. So here's what I want to ask you today. Commit to him. Know his voice. Put the church number up. If you want to commit to him today, text us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I think it's because of the enemy that the word Bible or God's word even intimidates us in today's culture. But it's your foundation. It's your, it's your instructions on, on how to live. It's, it's your love story. God, it's a demonstration of the truth of who Jesus was, who He is, and who He will be. Him laying down His life for us. And I'm so grateful that You speak to us continuously. It's alive. It's active. I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I don't know where everybody in here is at. But today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just gently convict what their action step is, what their next step is. Lord, with you. Maybe it's starting one verse. Maybe it's memorizing a verse. Maybe it's finding the right translation. Or maybe it's starting something new. But I pray that it's based in your word and that it would bring life to our very souls. We love you, Lord. We give you this day and we praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we give him some praise before we leave? Come on. Love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.